drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slade's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on everybody? Back here for the Fantasy Football Flavor Show right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast platform. Um, I've been telling you guys for weeks, you know, trying to get this schedule together, trying to figure out what works best, and uh, it has just been crazy trying to get a fantasy show done before we hit Monday morning, so I don't know. I am still want to get this out Mondays, so you probably get this uh, episode Monday evening or on your drive to work on Tuesday, but uh, yeah, I'm probably going to have to make it Monday evenings, you know, at the earliest, because... We're just finishing up the week. You know, we still got the Monday night game. You know, there's not a ton of info out about the the future week. So um, that's kind of probably going to have to be my game plan. So similar to the time me and Chuck did it, where it was dropping, you know, Monday evenings. If you need to listen to it before Monday night football, maybe, or catch it, like I say, on that drive-in on Tuesday. But uh, let's go ahead and get that out of the way uh, right now. Just excited to talk fantasy football with you guys once again. And, uh, man, it was a crazy week for me in fantasy football. I had had a tremendous week the week prior. This week I had one of those weeks where I won like one or two of the leagues that are really important to me, but fell short in quite a few. And uh, injury, guys going out right away. We'll talk all about it here on the show. But uh, let's go ahead and um, drop some music, get you guys kind of a two-minute drill to get us going. I feel like this music's only appropriate here on a Monday. So here's what I'm looking at for what happened in week seven of the National Football League. Uh, this guy, I don't know if you've heard of him. He's over there in Green Bay where me and Grifka were last Monday night. Uh, his name's Aaron Rodgers. Some people affectionately call him AWOD. Uh, this guy, I don't know what's going on. I mean, like I say, Grifka described him as smug. Probably about as good as I can put it because that's exactly what this guy is. He comes out and he throws for 429 yards, five passing touchdowns, and one rushing touchdown. And his team made a big scene about it like he was a first-year rookie. I, I don't understand it whatsoever. I mean, they were playing the Oakland Raiders, who Grifka thinks is the greatest team on earth and is going to beat the Lions, but... It's still no excuse. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a good quarterback, but he's well past his days of being the top guy. And to see him come out and put this kind of number up was was crazy. I mean, absolutely crazy. So, you know, he was the top performer of the day. There's no question. Some other stat lines I got. I don't know. How about this one for my Lions fans out there? 364 yards and four tutties by your boy, Matt Stafford uh, absolutely played great, slung the football around to a guy named 
Marvin, uh, Marvin Jones, four touchdowns. Uh, you don't see that too often, especially from a player like him, who's usually a number two, three wideout on your fantasy team. He puts up four touchdowns. I think he creeped over the 100-yard mark, too, if you have bonuses for that. Uh, another guy on the other side of the football in that Vikings game, Dalvin Cook, thought he'd run for 142 and two touches. Uh, this guy is just some kind of beast at the running back position. Oh, and, and yeah, Vikings receiver, too, went for 142 yards. The name's Stefan Diggs. That's two big weeks in a row for the big Hughes, who told me that the only guy that balls out on that team is Adam Thielen. Well, not so much anymore, huh, big fella? Um, lots of top performers in that Lions-Minnesota uh, game, no doubt. Um, crazy, absolutely crazy stuff. Those were my top performers in week seven. Uh, crazy week when it comes to stats, numbers, everything. And I got to hit you with injuries now. Because that's basically my two-minute drill. But we got to spend more than two minutes on injuries. Because there was a lot of injuries in week seven of the NFL. These are some names I wrote down. Adam Thielen catches an incredible touchdown. Pulls his hammy. Carryon Johnson, a guy who I have in almost every fantasy league I do, comes up uh, with, a, I think he's got a big bulky knee brace. I'm not exactly sure what's going on with Carryon. Carryon Johnson is a guy that everybody wants to call injury prone. And he had injuries in his rookie year. I think they pretty much held him out extensively because the season had not go as planned, gone as planned, and he just needed to sit at that point. But here we go again this season. He's kind of been nicked and dinged. And, like, I remember he had a pretty good run. And then you sort of saw him come up a little bit lame. The next day I knew he was out of the game. And the next day I knew they showed him on the sideline. And he's sitting there with his head down, almost in, like, a pouting type uh, position, just feeling sorry for himself. It's like, if this guy has something really wrong with him where he's wearing that big knee brace, it needs to be taken care of. But if he doesn't, like... You know, we need you out there, 33. Like, this is a guy that can was having a pretty good day running the ball, was, you know, had some seams and probably could have done some good things in this game. But he goes out, you know, again, I think it was probably early, mid-first quarter, gone for the game. And, and the Lions, I don't know what they're doing. They have no depth at running back. I mean, carry on. Then you got a guy named Ty Johnson and J.D. McKissick back there. You really think that's NFL-quality depth at the running back position? Everybody thinks I'm crazy because I keep saying, hey, I know you're not going to like it, but Melvin Gordon's a blue chip player who's out there who wants to get paid and wants to uh, be traded to a good situation. I mean, could you imagine carry on and Melvy back there? I mean, because I could. That's what I'm talking about. Smash mouth. They could both catch the ball. They're big. They can block and pass protection. They're young enough. You could have them for a long, long time. It's not a type of move the Lions will make or have made, but hey. You, you want to run the football, and you've been dinking around with these little running backs all this time, I say, you know, that's an option to consider. Carry on. If he's not back in the next week or two and this thing lingers, it's going to be real disappointing for me, a guy that saw that this guy passes the eye test pretty quick, but he's not having a very good second year. Now he's injured once again. So carry on. Johnson with a big injury. Uh, Matt Ryan came up uh, with some type of ankle, leg injury, took him out of the football game. The Atlanta Falcons are an absolute mess. I mean, the Atlanta Falcons have a good quarterback. They've got one of the top receivers in the game in Julio. 
They got Devontae Freeman, who's a guy I liked. I really haven't heard much from him this year. I doubt his numbers are anywhere close to where they were a few years ago when he led the league in rushing, if you can even believe that now. Um, you know, they got Ridley, they got Sanu, they've got this tight end, Austin Hooper, who every week I look up, he's, he's got a hundred and a touchdown or more, but they cannot win football games. So, you know, I know I heard today, Matt Ryan is said, it's not that serious and he may play and then take the bye week. I I would assume he's not going to play, you know, they hold him out. The record is just embarrassing so why why run him out there again you let him rest it let him take the bye week and then maybe he comes back after that will fuller who's a guy i put in my lineup the week prior and he blew up basically won me a fantasy week i think that was against the big hughes um if i remember correctly but uh, i think big hughes had dropped will fuller and i picked him up and uh, played him against him and and beat his tail so uh, that was tremendous Uh, of course i kind of was dinking around my lineup and I was debating on Will Fuller. I left him in because of his big play potential, and he had a pretty good situation in the the matchup that he had. But sure enough, the guy goes down right in the beginning of the game, one catch for five yards out of the game. And uh, I did make another good roster lineup, though. I kind of was tinkering Allen Robinson, Stefan Diggs, Allen Robinson, Stefan Diggs. Uh, threw digs in at the last minute, even though it was against my Lions, and uh, put up a good stat line, mostly thanks to that huge catch he had at the end of the ball game. But that was good. So Will Fuller's dinged up. You know, tell me if you've heard that before. Uh, Marquise Goodwin there with the uh, somehow undefeated San Francisco 49ers got uh, got injured. Matt Burita as well. Um, we've got Delaney Walker. I mean, I hate to keep selling this guy out on the show, but. That's the Big Hughes' favorite player, I think, in football between him and Golden Tate. I mean, Big Hughes has Delaney Walker on every one of his fantasy teams at the tight end position. I've always absolutely hated this guy as a player. He seems to kind of put up some okay numbers, but I would never not only have him on my team, but put him in my starting lineup. And then we got this guy, Ito Smith. Ito Smith's a guy who I did not like in the draft process. Um, Give Hughes a little props. Hughes was a guy who liked him. Uh, he ends up playing really good in his rookie year. And here in year two, I mean, they still give him spotty carries. He does nothing. Absolutely nothing. So, um, Ito Smith is uh, dinged up and hurt. And, hey, there's no better time for this than now. Well, Frank, I guess you could say his status, it's too early to judge. So there, there's a Caruso for all you guys that absolutely love that. Uh, the Judge Ito Smith is going to be on the sideline there for a while for Atlanta. And, uh, yeah, just stacking up injuries to some, some you know, productive offensive players. Obviously, there's a lot of defensive injuries, but we focus on offense here on the Fantasy Football Flavor Show. And, uh, yeah, you have to keep your eye on those guys. I mean, see if they come back, see if they're healthy, you know. Uh, you, you never want the worst thing in fantasy football is to put a guy in and like a couple minutes into a ball game, see that he comes up with a hammy. He comes up with some type of thing that's going to either take him out of the game or he's going to be kind of iffy, not only that game, but moving forward, you know, when you're talking hammies, ankles, you know, these things that just linger. So like I say, when I saw Will Fuller, it was just like, Oh, here we go. Not only do you get basically a zero for the player, 
but now you're going to have to adjust your lineup and deal with all that kind of stuff. So luckily in that league where Will Fuller did go down, it didn't cost me because I'll have to make it a topic on the show one day. But uh, you got to avoid those players who have the injury history or have a lingering thing going in because let's say somebody has a hammy or concussion going in and you have a better option. I'm going with the better option most times because you put a guy in with that kind of question mark, it takes one hit, one, you know, turning his leg the wrong way, and they're out for the football game. And that'll absolutely cost you a fantasy week, no doubt about it. So that's uh, that's what I got off the top. Um, got those crazy stat lines. Hit you with some Monday Night Football music, a little improvised two-minute drill. We got some injuries. We got a Caruso in there. I'll go ahead and take a break, get our sponsors in here, and I'm going to come back and talk uh, all things fantasy football. Heading into week eight. Week 8 of the fantasy football season. And I'm going to talk some Monday Night Football. We've got uh, Patriots-Jets. Kind of an interesting matchup that I want to talk about too. In case you're uh, hearing this before the game. Or in case you got something on the line for Monday Night Football. So uh, hang tight everybody. I'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, everybody. We're back in the house on the Fantasy Football Flavor Show talking all things fantasy football here. And uh, like I say, recording this on Monday night um, before the Monday night football game. I just want to talk about Monday night football for a second. So, you know, I want to talk about the announcers. No, I'm just kidding. We don't want to talk about the announcers. But everybody's got a thought about Booger McFarlane and Tessator up there. I mean, count how many times Booger McFarlane says the point tonight and then just repeats himself multiple times. Either right then or waits a while and then comes back to the exact same point he made maybe a quarter ago. Uh, it's it's pretty bad, no doubt. I don't know how they fixed that, but back in the heyday, man, when they had those great announcers, the great music, you know, it was the only game in primetime. Now it's just like another game, basically, you know, in my opinion. But Monday Night Football is the last game of the week, so everybody's watching, as well as all the fantasy implications that it has. You know, you're, you're unsure if... You know, you got, you know, the Philip Dorsett's sets of the world. Will they play tonight? You know, in a deeper league, you may you may need a guy like that to play. You know, Josh Gordon's not going to be out there. Le'Veon Bell has not played well, and he's going up against the Patriots. But can he find a way to do some things and get some yards? I mean, that's going to be super important. So, I don't know. Like, for me, there's a couple things about Monday Night Football. One is that... Like, again, I've been trying to sort of do little segments on the show where I talk to you guys about how to manipulate your league, how to look at your rules, how to figure out where you can do some different things. So here's a quick example. So last week, when I absolutely backslapped and, and beat up the big Hughes, I mean, hey, Hughes, I think I got a 
I got a soundbite here somewhere for you when I took you down last week when you were talking on all of that trash. Know your role and shut your mouth because the people's champ is ready to talk. Yeah, so so listen up, Big Hughes. So I, I had basically won that matchup. Uh, we were joke, joking about this today, actually. So I had like won the matchup before we headed off to Green Bay. And Hughes, uh, ESPN said I had a 98, 99%, I think 98, 98% chance of winning. I get a text from Hughes. I think I still got a chance. I'm like, you do because ESPN is giving you a 2% chance of beating me. Now, now again, I want to give him a little credit. This is the greatest fantasy football year of Matt uh, Hughes' life. He's uh, undefeated in a couple leagues we do. He's just out rolling out Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, all these ballers in all these leagues. I mean, probably because he's been picking my brain for about two, three years on all my strategies. Now he's using them against me. But but nonetheless, so I, I got Hughes beat. He's still saying he has a chance. There's no way. So what I do, again, trying to manipulate our league, is... Uh, I went ahead and I dropped, like, the night before Sunday games. I was kind of like, all right, DJ Moore is about to be on a bye. I'm not going to play him this week. He's a pretty good football player, but he's nothing extraordinary. Um, so what I did is I dropped DJ Moore, and, and I, I, picked up, uh, I picked up Antonio Brown. Now, you guys are probably like, man, that's crazy. Antonio Brown's not going to play this year, this, that, and the other. Here, just hang in there with me for a second. So, like, I'm leading this league first place. I've got some good depth. You know, most of the time, unless I was crazy injury, (coughs) excuse me, or bye week, I wasn't going to play DJ Moore. I've got other guys. I've got Brandon Cooks, Diggs, Allen Robinson, Jeez, a couple other guys, Jar- Juice Landry, all these guys that I'd rather play instead of him. So to me, I looked at it and I said, what's the biggest play I can make right now? Just in case, you know, just in case something comes through or just in case put my team way over the top. So it didn't hurt me at all to cut DJ Moore because like I've told you guys before, not only did I do it where nobody could help pick him up until the following week, so he wasn't going to hurt me, but. I wasn't going to play him anyway. He's going to be on a bye week. All those things I already mentioned. So I, I drop him and I take a big swing, the biggest swing I thought I could on Antonio Brown. Now, there was other, like, you know, receivers I could have taken. D.D. Westbrook's out there in this league. A few other guys I like. But to me, I can pick up Antonio Brown, stick him at the very bottom of my roster for probably, I can afford maybe two to four weeks where I can let him sit there, see if the Dallas Cowboys come calling, see if another team comes calling. If they don't drop them, I still probably pick up DD or that type of receiver. But in the meantime, I've got this top, gosh, what would you put him now? Probably a top 20 fantasy football player just absolutely sitting there in the palm of my hand for nothing. Just because I'm ahead of the curve, you know, again, you don't want to wait. There's some people like, well, I'll wait and see what happens with him, and then I'll maybe pick him up. Do you think you're really probably going to be able to pick him up at a very good uh, price, either on your waiver wire or in general, once everybody knows that this guy's either coming back or maybe he falls into a great situation and has his head screwed on straight? No. So Monday Night Football is a great chance between that Sunday and Monday to sort of like, if you're already winning your matchup by a lot, can you drop a guy? Can you tweak your roster so you can take a, a big swing on, on one of these players? And, and I think what I did too is I kind of 
I I would you know, Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk's been, you know, iffy the last couple of weeks. I was able to keep him in the IR slot. So worst case, three, four weeks go by. I need another wide receiver. Antonio Brown's still being a crazy fool. Drop him, put Christian Kirk in there. Still love what I could get from, from his production. So, again, manipulating your roster, seeing what you can do, not only with your IR spot, but with your deadline. Some people don't let you pick up people on Sundays or Mondays. You know, but if you can... You're up 60 points, and the other guy's got one player left or nobody left. See if you can cut some fat from your roster and maybe pick up a good player that either was off this week or is not playing. I mean, these are little things I I do consider. Don't overthink my roster. I mean, these aren't things I'm sitting there and plotting for weeks and weeks at a time. But if I notice it, I'm going to go ahead and look and see if I can... Not only better my roster, but take a big swing if it's not going to hurt me, as well as uh, be patient. You know, with this league, I'm leading, so I could even lose a couple weeks, still be all right. And what if Antonio Brown comes back? Then I'm rolling out A.B., Cooks, um, and Diggs as my three receivers. I mean, I'll take that when you're loaded up at running back and got some good QB options and stuff, too. That can put you over the top quick. So just want to talk about that. Uh, again, when it comes to Monday night, usually a lot of people have, you know, a player here, a player there that's going that could either probably tip the week one way or the other. I mean, it's tough. Like, I, I guess my inclination is to I'd much rather have. Hmm, let me see how I put this, because I was going to say play people beforehand, but it is nice to have a Monday night guy in your pocket. You know, it always feels like it gives you a chance, especially if the other guy has nobody. You know, the other team might have nobody going in fantasy, and you've got a Tom Brady, you've got a Lev Bell sitting there in your back pocket ready to go on Monday night. But it can definitely create some nervous situations when, especially if it's a big-time league, a lot of bragging rights, a lot of other things on the line, you're sitting there going, oh man, I got to wait till late in the night on Monday to see if this guy pulls it out for me. So you can win. I know it was a couple weeks ago. Gosh, probably three, four weeks ago now. Odell Beckham on Monday Night Football under the lights, I think is when they played San Francisco. All I needed was a marginal day from him. He probably could have got me 50 yards and I would have won my one of my big leagues. That's when you just put up that goose egg. Like it was... You know, I don't even know what he had. Something like 30 yards on a few catches. That was it. Cost me the week. I mean, those are daggers, no doubt. So it's fun to have somebody on Monday night. It can also be, you know, real anxious and real, uh, you know, nervous as well. But uh, like I say, tonight, I mean, we're talking this game. I mean, everybody's up on the Jets again. Oh, my gosh. Sam Darnold came back. Like, you know, look at they They pulled it out against the Dallas Cowboys, you know. Everybody's, you know, people in New York are just ridiculous. Like, again, putting Daniel Jones up there like he was some type of Hall of Famer. He had a couple good games, and the guy has no special traits. You know, he didn't do anything that was extraordinary. He's played okay when he's been in, you know, preseason and now. He's played pretty well to okay. But people were just anointing this guy, and I'm just like, you know, especially at the quarterback position or, like, calling him a franchise, giving him nicknames, like, what has he done? He played good for a game and a half, basically. So, I I don't know. Like, the Jets, to me, tonight will come in. You know, they'll try to get Lev Bell going. The Patriots will be queued in on Lev Bell. You know, they'll try to throw it up over the top a couple times to Robbie Anderson, which they do. And they'll probably lose by mm, 21 points at least. I'd say the Patriots win this. Tom Brady will probably be surgical in the past game. 
you know, they'll run it from here or there. Probably Tom Brady, uh, 300, three touchdowns, I'd say at a minimum. I could see him putting up four TDs. And then, uh, like I say, the Jets just sort of putting along, you know. It may not look like a blowout, but towards the end of this game, it's going to be a blowout. It's going to be, you know, Patriots up, you know, 14. And next thing you know, it's going to be 20 plus. And then they're just going to be kind of wearing that clock out is how I see this game going down. But like you say, sometimes the Patriots, you know, between the Dolphins and some other teams, they sort of just, um, you know, kind of play down or get caught up. I don't know what it is, but I don't really see that happening this evening. Now, when it comes to my teams, I definitely do need, <coughs> excuse me, I need Lev Bell. Who else do I have in a couple of these crazy deep leagues where we have defense? I got Marcus May. I could use some points from him. Um, I've been waiting on Chris Herndon. I mean, this is a guy I pumped up in the preseason. He got hit with a long suspension, which seemed egregious to me. Now he's back, and, like, I've been trying to put him in some of my lineups, and, like, I read up, he's got some, what is it, ankle, knee, some kind of hamstring going on, and he's just been eligible, and he's still not back. So I've still got him sitting on a few of my benches. But, uh, like I say, you'll see flashes from Sam Darnold. You'll uh, maybe see a big play here or there. But uh, the Patriots are just too good, and they'll definitely dominate this game. Now, when we're looking at Week 8, I don't want to give away my whole – Fantasy Football Weekly article, which you can check out every uh, Thursday morning there on USA Today Lions Wire, where I break down, um, you know, the previous week. I talk about the Lions game when it comes to fantasy football. I give you guys some waiver wire pickups, um, some start sits. I do some top three projected guys you can check out. I do uh, intriguing matchups of the week, where I actually give you probably a handful or more of games to uh, keep your eye on, ones that... Grab, grab me when I look at the schedule as well as the bye weeks, so you can keep an eye on those. And then I also name two players for each of those teams that are intriguing, which means maybe I'd play them, maybe I wouldn't, maybe uh, kind of those under-the-radar guys that might blow up. I try to go next level on a lot of them sometimes, you know, when uh, the Chiefs are up and rolling, I give you, uh, I don't know, uh, Pat Mahomes and Tyree Kill, you know, in, in there just because it's pretty obvious that those are going to be the guys that are both intriguing or probably going to be interesting when it comes to fantasy football for you. So I do a little bit of a mix there at the bottom when I'm putting in a couple players here or there. But like I say, I try to think of maybe, hey, who's a guy that's a little off the radar, but not too much that might have a decent weekly consider for your lineup. So like I say, check that out Thursday mornings. Uh, USA Today, Lions Wire, a uh, great place for football content if you love football. Um, I'm doing that article here and there. You'll see a Lions article. I put out one this past uh, Sunday where I live-tweeted the game and pulled some of your guys' tweets and put them up. And uh, Eric Schlitt and the whole team over there does great of populating with Detroit Lions content. So all you Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers that are probably listening to this, uh, I know you're either already checking it out on Lions Wire or you need to get at it. Because it's a place to be. So without giving away my whole article, a couple games, you know, that I'll have in that article to keep an eye on. Uh, Giants-Lions. I think this is an intriguing game. And you're like, you know, come on, Okri. Like, this is a game the Lions should win. The Giants are horrible. Uh, You'll see I put in there, you know, the Giants are probably going to roll into Ford Field with Shepard back. Saquon Barkley back healthy. Evan Ingram back healthy. A certain guy that you guys all love out there in Lions Land, you think is the greatest thing ever, even though you, 
you you don't realize that we got Tracy Walker for him basically or no Will Harris got him and uh you know going to be a good trade when you look back on it but Golden Tate's coming back into Ford Field you know he's going to want to do some ridiculous dance after he catches it Golden Tate loved you did great things here but I think Bob Quinn moved on from you right at the right time um Daniel Jones being here trying to figure out what he's doing at the quarterback position so offensively I think they're going to have some things the Lions have to deal with defensively I mean the Lions should be able to do some things on them run it pass it whatever it is carry on I'm real interested to see if he'll be back I heard he said he was good today but what does that mean you know we'll have to wait and see um let's see what else I got here uh Raiders Texans to me is an intriguing game 425 start I feel like the Raiders are not very good but they're also not garbage. You know, they've had some injuries that have hurt them. Tyrell Williams hasn't been out there, which is tough. And uh, Jacobs has been good. You know, their tight end, Darren Waller, who I got in a few deep leagues, has been absolutely balling out. Uh, Derek Carr has been Derek Carr. You know, he'll have flashes here or there, but he's really not that great. Um, we got the, I know all you out there waiting for the Griff Cabell. It's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> we've got the, uh, Texans, one of my favorite teams, but they're just crazy too. beat teams out of nowhere, lose the teams out of nowhere. Deshaun Watson putting up crazy stat lines and then he'll have a clunker. Uh, Will Fuller, you know, like I said, he's hurt. I mean, you know how his history goes. He'll probably be out multiple weeks, but, uh, got to get Hopkins going. You know, Kenny Stills will get his opportunity. And I think a guy like Duke Johnson, we haven't heard much from him. Maybe this is a game where they just utilize him and give the Raiders fits, <coughs> covering out of the backfield and, and things like that. So I love the Houston Texans. I just think they're a fun, good team to watch. We've got the Browns at Patriots. You know that I got that game circled on my calendar because Baker Mayfield has not played good. Everybody's been ragging on me for it. He's got a tough dang schedule, man. Bye week and he come back to the Patriots. Um, he's got to get a lot together to get good, but you know, you know, it's a nice, easy fix. Throw the freaking ball to Odell. It's not that hard. Um, I throw it to Odell like 10 to 12 times, almost every game. That's going to help your stat lines. He's going to make plays. So there, there's my word of advice, uh, Baker. And uh, the Patriots, like I say, they're just doing their thing like always. They'll probably be great in that game and give the Browns fits. Probably put another L on them, to be honest. And then I put check Packers Chiefs. And the reason I put this down is because this is the NFL uh, fanboy game where they just wanted to have Aaron Rodgers versus Pat Mahomes. They were just going to talk about that for the entire football game. I mean, Pat Mahomes is a baller. He's fun to watch. Aaron Rodgers is annoying, smug, and ridiculous. But uh, they got all those pre-packages queued up that probably now are not going to do any good. Because I think I saw a blurb today. People were like, Pat Mahomes might be ready for Sunday night. Andy Reid said it would be a stretch to play him. I mean, if this guy Willis reads it out there and comes out of the tunnel and throws for like 300 or 400, four touchdowns and beats Aaron Rodgers, I mean, trust me, I'd absolutely love that. That'd be legendary, but... I don't see it happening. I mean, you can put your absolute franchise, the face of the NFL out there the week after he popped his knee out of socket. Yeah, I don't think so. So that one's interesting, but not as interesting as if Pat Mahomes was just dicing up the Packers. That'd be great. So like I said, week eight in my article, I have all those start sits, waiver wires projected, all that different stuff for you. Check that out for now.
I'm going to get up out of here for the fantasy football flavor. Please be sure to check us out Wednesday. Um, Wednesday morning we'll be dropping and Friday morning. Detroit Lions shows, talking, reviewing this Viking game. You know, it's going to be a tough one, but we got lots to say about it. And then previewing this game against the Giants should be an interesting show. So thanks, everybody. Take care. I'm out. Drink it in, man.